Masechet Gitin Daf Ayin, we continue our journey into Talmudic medicine. We got into this because the Mishnah talked about someone with temporary insanity, Misha Hazo Kurdiakos, and gave a remedy for that. So we're continuing with uh, some more of these home remedies. Uh, but uh, we're gonna, that's going to finish today, and we will get back into the halachic uh, discussion of the Mishnah. So la hazazita lete shabhite ad zanaita veniklinu amara hadata venafik mishrami naihu veneshof a four lichen planus a a skin disease bring seven large wheat kernels and roast them over fire on a blade of a new hoe and then you take the oil from the wheat rub it onto your skin rafshimi bar ashe avad le lahu goy le davar acher veitase and fact rafshimi Use this very remedy for a non-Jew who had that disease, the unspeakable disease, meaning sarat, and that uh, the goy was healed. Sounds like naaman. Um, so this shows the power of the uh, of the rabbis uh, that uh, they they know these remedies even better than their neighbors. Someone who has these uh, disease called Persian spears, he will not live. This is not something that you can get better from. However, nevertheless, you can feed the person, force feed him fatty meat, roasted over coals, and undiluted wine, because by doing this, even though it will not make him better, he'll be able to live a little bit longer, and he can instruct his household uh, with his will, um, and uh, so it's still good to uh, keep him alive as long as possible. And all similarly, someone who swallows a hornet who is not going to live, but nevertheless, you should give him a quarter a log of a log of sharp vinegar, and that way he can live a little bit longer and again have time to instruct his household, give his uh, financial will, ethical will, and say their goodbyes. Now, someone who is well, these are some things that are dangerous uh, and will get sick if they do them. Rabbi Yosheb Levi says, if you eat ox meat with a turnip and the person slept by the light of the moon on the night of the 14th or 15th of a month, in the summer season, he will get a severe fever. Tana, also, if you fill your stomach with anything, you eat too much, even if it's a good thing, too much of a good thing, also will have this severe fever. Papa says, even dates, dates are very good, but too much of a good thing is still bad. Pishita, so he says, obviously, right, you just said if you fill your stomach with anything, it's not good. So uh, doesn't that include dates? Isn't that obvious? No, I might have thought that dates are an exception because we learned about dates that they satisfy the body, they warm it up, it's a laxative, it strengthens the body, they do not spoil. 
Um, and so therefore, since it has so many good things, you might think the more dates, the better. And therefore, uh, we, uh, the Papa says, even dates, even though they're so good, uh, too much even of dates is not good. My Achilu. Now, what is this this, what is this disease called Achilu? It's fire of the bones and inflammation. And what does that mean, uh, fire of the bones? It's uh, in Arabic, in Aramaic. My asute, and what's the remedy for it? Amarabaya Amrali M. Kulehu Shakyane Telatash Vishiba Utresar Vehai Ad Dim Stase. Abaya said in the name of his uh, foster mother and aunt who brought him up, he said, um, this is the uh, uh, this is the solution. For every for any medicine that you need to drink, it's usually that you drink it for a given amount of time, three days, seven days, twelve days. However, for this, you just keep drinking drinking until it's healed. That is the remedy. So not only do you have to drink a concoction until you get better and not for a given amount of time. Also, another difference is that other drinks that you have to uh, drink for medicinal medicinal purposes, you should drink with an empty stomach. Uh, but for this achilu, you should drink it only after a person eats and drinks and goes to the bathroom and exits and washes his hands. And then they have to bring a fistful of shitita, a type of food made from lentils, and a fistful of, fistful of aged wine. And mix them together. And then the, the uh, person who is afflicted with achilu should eat the mixture, wrap himself with sheets, and sleep. And no one should awaken him until he awakens on his own. And when he does awaken, remove the sheets from himself right away. Because if you don't do that, then the illness will return to him. It kind of goes from him and goes into the sheets. And that is the solution for that uh, bo- fever of the bones. Eliyahu Navi told Rabbi Natan the following uh, medical advice. It's good to learn from Eliyahu Navi because he lived a very long time. In fact, he never died. So what's his secret to long life? Here it is. You should drink only a third, eat only a third full of your stomach and drink a uh, 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 only a third full of your stomach and leave a third of your stomach empty so that if you become angry, then you'll become full. Idea is like when someone gets angry, their their uh, stomach kind of contracts, and if uh, if you fill your stomach with food and drink, and then you get emotional, then that's gonna uh, give a person uh, disease. And so, therefore, never, um, never stuff your, yourself too much. Someone wants to avoid intestinal disease. He should become accustomed to dipping food in wine or vinegar, both in the summer and in the winter. Also, he 
he should remove, stop eating uh, before he in uh, bef uh, from a meal that you enjoy. Uh, and even if you're enjoying it, don't overeat. Right, eat some, but then stop before you're full. And also, do not delay going to the bathroom if you need to go. When you gotta go, you gotta go. Amar mor ukva. Hayman deshate til yachivara achazato vitak. Uh, Marukva said, uh, if someone drinks inferior white wine, he'll get weakness. Ravchista says there are 60 types of wine. 60, you should know, means a, a large number. Babylonians counted in base 60. Um, that's why we have 60 seconds and 60 minutes. Um, so 60 is saying a lot of different types of wine. The best of all of them is red fragrant fragrant wine. The worst of them is this inferior white wine. Do not drink it. It will cause weakness. Someone who fire during the mornings in the month of Nisan and rubs himself with oil and then goes and sits in the sun will be afflicted with weakness. Bloodletting was a common uh, remedy for all kinds of diseases. The idea was uh, you let the blood and the bad stuff goes out with that blood um, and then uh, they even though they knew that it causes someone to be faint they let out a lot of blood uh, nevertheless they thought that eventually the person gets better um, so because after letting blood a person can be very faint so you have to be very careful not to do too many activities at after that so in that context they say if someone lets blood and then has, has relations with his wife will have weak children if both of them have let blood just uh, just then and then they have relations, their children will be affected with a disease called Ra'atan. Papa says that's only if they don't eat anything in be after letting blood in between. But if they eat something, then they'll be okay. Like today, when you give blood, you have to make sure to drink some juice, eat something, and then you feel better. Similarly, someone who's traveling on the road, it's not like traveling today, you go in a car and a train, their traveling was very exhausting. Someone uh, comes back from a trip, and they engage in relations, also those children will come out weak. If a person uh, goes to the bathroom, he should not engage in relations with his wife until uh, the time it takes to walk half of a meal because there's a demon in the bathroom that accompanies him. Uh, but I guess the demon is kind of impatient. So if you wait a few minutes, uh, then the demon will go away. And if he does have relations without waiting that time, the children will be epileptic. Person who has relations standing up will have spasms. Sitting down will have this disease called dalaria. And if she is on top, also the children from those relations will have dalaria. My dalaria, Sam dalaria dar dara. doesn't say what Daladia is, but does say that the remedy is Dardara. My Dardara sounds like Kosvidardar, like in Bereshit, uh, means uh, thorns. 
It's talking about saffron of thorns. The papa would chew it and swallow it. The papi would chew it and spit it out. Uh, they're close. The papa and the papi, two different sages, um, and they um, had slightly different formulas for this remedy. Baya says, someone who is impotent, um, he should bring three vesselfuls of saffron thorns, grind them, boil them in wine, and drink the mixture. Rabbi Yochanan says, I tried that very uh, remedy and it uh, brought me uh, back to the vigor of my youth. This is interesting because Abaye is a fourth generation Amora in Babel. Rabbi Yochanan is the most important uh, um, Amora in Eretz Yisrael from the second generation. Rabbi Yochanan lived before Abaye. So how could Rabbi Yochanan uh, say that, oh, he used, I used Abaye's uh, formula and it made me better? Uh, something, uh, it's a problem with the chronology here. Um, I have a theory, it's only a theory. If you don't like it, you can forget it. But this maybe uh, reflects a, a competition between the sages in Eretz Yisrael and the sages in Babel. And so it's kind of a way of saying, Rabbi Yochanan, the greatest, the greatest of Eretz Yisrael, really almost everybody in the Talmud Yerushalmi, and Eretz Yisrael are his students, and yet is talking about how he was uh, became impotent, and how did he get better from something that he learned from Babel, right? So like uh, it's, uh, putting the Babylonian sages uh, higher up uh, over the sages of Eretz Yisrael, perhaps if it's uh, not if you don't take it literally, perhaps it's referring to something like that. Okay, three things diminish a person's strength, fear, traveling on the road, and sin. And each of them have a pasuk, all from Tehillim. Uh, fear, because it says, my heart flutters, my strength fails me. Right? Because a person's uh, afraid. Uh, traveling on the road, because it says, uh, he has weakened my strength on the road. And sin, because it says, Kashar ba'avoni kochi, my strength fails because of my sin. Three things break a person's body, break his strength, and they are eating standing, drinking while standing, and having relations while standing. There are five things that bring someone closer to death than they do to life. If one ate and stood up immediately, or drank and stood up immediately, or let blood and stood up right away, slept and stood up right away, or had relations and stood up right away. We, we feel this a lot. If you stand up right, if you're doing something uh, that uh, re requires a lot of energy and stand up right away, you can feel faint. Um, you have to relax, take a breath until uh, your heartbeat calms down, and then you stand up. So um, that sounds like good advice. Shisha haose otan miyadmet. Belohan, the previous one, brings one closer to death. But if you do this, all these six things in a row, then that brings a person to definite 
death, הבא בדרך ונתייגע, הקיזדה ונכנס לבית המלכס, ושתה ונשתכר, וישן על גבי קרקע ושימש מיטתו. If someone came back from a long journey on the road, was exhausted, then he let blood, then he went to a bathhouse, bathhouse was very hot, like a steam uh, room, and you sweat a lot, and then he drinks uh, uh, wine and becomes drunk, sleeps on the ground, and has relations, that person will surely die. He's totally uh, um, overexerting himself, is going to faint. That's only if you do it in that order. If you switch the order around, you might be okay. Amada Baya Kisidran Mech Lok Kisidran Halish. Abaya said, no, if and if you do it in that order, you'll die. If you do it out of order, it's still not good for you, you still become very weak. Now we have a challenge. Uh, this woman named Me'odet, she made her slave do only three of these actions and she died. So you said only if you do all six you die, but she did three and died. No, that, that slave was already weak to begin with. And so therefore, even just three of them killed off that slave. There are eight things that are not good for you in large amounts, but they are good for you in small amounts. And that is traveling on the road. It's good to travel a little, just not too much. Um, engaging in relations. Uh, wealth, right? Having some wealth is good. Oh, too much is not good. Uh, work, wine, sleep, hot water, and bloodletting. Eight things reduce a person's, a man's semen. And that is salt, hunger, some skin disease called nectar, crying, sleeping on the ground, a milli lot plant, a dot or another plant eaten, uh, not when it's ripe, and blood letting on the lower half of one's body that causes twice as much harm as all the other items. And just like blood bloodletting on the lower half of a person's body is doubly bad, so bloodletting on the upper half of one's body is doubly good uh, for a person. Amara Papa. And the cutoff point is one's privates. Daughter, if you eat it at the wrong time, when it's not ripe, will cause a person's harm, decrease in zeta, but at the right time, uh, it's uh, very good. Uh, Papa explains the right time to eat it is in the summer, um, the wrong time is in the winter, in the middle, Nisan or Tishre, spring and autumn, doesn't help, it doesn't harm, it's just neutral. All right, and that ends the medicine, and now we go back to the uh, halachic discussion of the Mishnah. If a person, when he's well, says, tells uh, uh, someone, two people, write a get for my wife, and then he got this cardio, meaning some kind of mind disease, and he has temporary insanity, 
And then he said, you know what, I take it back. Don't write it. We do not, we ignore his second words and we go ahead and write it. Reshakish says we give it right away, even while while he is temporary temporarily insane, because he gave the directive when he was fine. So even so we can continue and do it even while he has this temporary insanity. Yochanan says, no, no, you have to wait till he gets better again. Um, you can't give it while he's insane because even though he said beforehand, give it, and then he became insane. Still, at the time that he's writing it and giving it, the agent, according at least according to the Biochanan, is acting as an extension, a current extension of the husband. And the husband, if he does not have that, he himself could not give it now. So then we can't give it now either. Rather, you have to wait till he gets better. Once he gets better, we don't need him to repeat his command to write it again. We can go by his original command. So that's why that's what the Mishnah means. That's how it's effective. Uh, that if even even if, if he said we can ignore his statement don't write it because he said that while he was uh, insane and so when he gets better again then we continue his directive from before but he does have to be sane at the time that it's written and given according to Rabbi Yochanan what is the reasoning of Rashakish that you can even give it while he's in uh, temporary insanity? Rashakish says, I'm reading the Mishnah simply. It says, You ignore his second words. If you ignore his second words, then give it right away. Uh, explains, I can explain the Mishnah too. It means that we ignore his second words uh, that such that when he gets better, he doesn't have to repeat it again. Right? So that's what it means. He, we ignore his retraction. Therefore, when he gets better, we, like he never retracted it, and therefore we can continue uh, with his original directive. Once he gets better, we, get, we give it right away. Now, what's at the essence of their machloket? Reshakish says it's like someone sleeping. Someone sleeping, also, his mind is not all there, right? He's in some dreamland, and yet we could still give it to him. If someone, while he's awake, he says, write a get from my wife and give it to her, then he goes to sleep. So we can go ahead and write it and give it to her, even while he's asleep. Sleep is like a temporary state of not being sane, not being all there. And so this is the same. Since it's temporary insanity, you're right. A total shoteh cannot uh, have a get given on his behalf. Um, but this, since he's temporary, so it's same as sleeping, he will get better, so we can give it. Rabbi Yochanan says, no, this is like a shoteh. He, even though it's temporary, it's not the same as sleeping. Um, he's, uh, sleeping is a different kind of thing altogether. You don't call a sleeping person a shoteh. Um, this person is a shoteh. If he was a shoteh, he would not be able to give a get or have anyone give it on his behalf, even though it's temporarily shoteh. But right now he is shoteh, so we can't do it. You have to wait till he gets better. So this is a kind of in between because it's temporary, it's kind of like sleeping, but he really is insane. So it's more like someone who is permanently insane. That's the essence of their machloket. Now we ask Rabbi Yochanan, why don't you say 
uh, that it's like someone sleeping. He'll say, Yashen la mechusal ma'aseh. Hai mechusal ma'aseh. Someone sleeping, he doesn't, is not lacking in action. Right? You just wait a little, he'll wake up by, by, on his own. Uh, right? You don't have to, you don't need any intervention. Right? So it's, it's, it's not, it's more than temper, it's not temporary insanity. Right? He's just not, he's not, he's sleeping. He's gonna wake up. He's fine. Whereas someone who has temporary insanity, uh, kurdiakos, he, you have to do an intervention. You have to give him, remember, the meat and the wine. You have to do an intervention in order to get him better. He has a condition, and he'll remain in that condition until you get him better. You have to do something. Therefore, it's more like permanent insanity, insanity than it is like sleeping. Why don't you say that it's more like in a totally insane person? And therefore, you should have to wait. And he'll answer, No, it's different. Someone who's permanently insane, there's no remedy, right? He's totally, so that, that we have no help for him. We can never get a get, get, we can never give a get on his behalf. But this person who's temporarily insane, we have the remedy. We said what it is. It's red, red meat roasted over coals with wine that's diluted with a lot of water. Since you have a remedy, so you can undo it any time. That's the same as someone sleeping. You can wake him up at any time. And so therefore, the says, since you have a way out, that is called temporary, and therefore we can give it even while he is right now insane, just like we can give it right while right now he is sleeping. And now we have a challenge. Did Rabbi Yochanan really say that you have to wait till he gets better? Didn't Rav say in the name of Shemuel? If someone goes and slits the throat of another person and he severed his two pipes, his trachea and his, his, his esophagus, or the majority of both of the pipes, and that person, he takes him a few minutes to die, um, and while he's dying, he signals. He can't really talk because uh, his trachea is not there. Um, but he's able to signal, write a get uh, for, for my wife. You know, maybe they think he's asking for a check. Um, no, he says, no, no, write a get for my wife. So they can go and write a get for his wife. Now, this would have to be done relatively quickly. I don't know how long this guy is going to have. Usually when you do shechaitan, an animal, it does die uh, very, very quickly because there you slit the main arteries as well. This could be a case where you slit the two pipes, but not his main artery. So his, his brain might still be going uh, for a little bit. Okay, the point is, he, why does he want to give a get to his wife if he's about to die? Because he doesn't want his wife to fall to uh, the Yavam. Maybe he has a brother who's crazy or very young and she's going to have to wait till she, till, uh, till he gets older. So he wants to save his wife from that torture. And therefore, he says, write a get. Now, the get has to be, get, has to be written and given while he's still alive. A get after death is no good. So we're assuming that they have everything set up. The scribe's right there. He can write in a few minutes. And and give it to her while he's still on the floor, right, bleeding out. Okay, anyway, but that's the case. And so it says here, yes, you can, um, he can do that. And not only does Shemuel say that, also Vetanya, Rauhu me guyad o saluv al haseliba, veramaz vamar kitvu get lishti, hare elu yichtibu vitenu. This case actually is more realistic, unfortunately. If uh, someone's limb has been severed or is crucified on a cross, right, this is what the Roman type of, uh, of capital punishment, only for severe, like really bad people, uh, 
uh, crucifixion, um, basically just you know putting nails into their hands and feet, and they they die a very slow death. A person can uh, might not die for hours and hours. They die mostly from dehydration and blood loss. So that person, and they can talk. Um, so that person, while he's uh, he's uh, being crucified, he can say, "Write a get for my wife," and then you know the, he wants to save his wife from uh, um, from uh, and being aguna or from the yavam. And so they go ahead and they write it. So now, what do you see here? Even though in these cases, these people are definitely going to die. There is no remedy for having two uh, your neck your neck uh, slit or you know bleeding out because of uh, a, a severed limb or crucifixion there's no remedy here and yet we say yes he can if he says right again we get we write again on his behalf we don't have to wait till he gets better that challenges Rabbi Yochanan who said that we cannot write again while the person is insane, even though he said to write it when he was sane, we cannot write it when he has temporary insanity. Um, we have to wait till he gets better. But why? But in these cases, there's no way he's going to get better, and yet we still go ahead and write it. So we answer, wait a second, these cases are not the same at all. You can't compare those. In, that, in those cases, his mind is lucid. Um, but he's beginning to feel weak that he's going to die, right? When the person's up on, uh, up on a cross, his mind is all there. He's uh, dehydrated, losing blood quickly. And so he's, he, 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 he can't speak anymore because he's so weak. But his mind is still thinking, right? He's not a, he's not, he's not a, a insane person. And so in that case, certainly makes sense. Just because he can't speak, so what? He can, if he can signal in some way, um, like in our Mishnah, right? A person who's mute and he nods. Um, that's, uh, that's good enough to go and write a get based on that. That's totally different from our case where a person became insane. If a person is permanently insane, they can't give a get. If he's temporarily insane, then he can't give a get during that time period. Even though he said before, we have to wait till he gets better, right? So if the body is weak and dying, that person can still give a get as long as their mind is okay. If their mind is not sharp, and even if their body is healthy, that person cannot give a get. Because you need dot, um, you need intelligence to know what you're doing in order for the get to be effective. All right, good. So that's a simple answer. Now we ask, Did Shemuel really say that a person whose throat is slit um, it's con he's considered alive enough that he can say, go ahead and write a get, right? We consider the person still alive, even though his uh, two tubes in his neck are, are cut. This contradicts something else Shemuel said. Shemuel teaches that if someone, let's say by mistake, he's uh, chopping down a tree, and by mistake is uh, the uh, knife flies out of his hand, the axe flies out of his hand, and uh, slits the throat of someone else, uh, knocking out his uh, two pipes, or most of his two pipes. And then that victim, he's still alive, and he runs away. And now the witnesses, witness that's, that's, that sees this, 
doesn't see where the guy ran and so doesn't see the person actually die he saw that this the victim his neck is th is uh, cut and two pipes are cut but he doesn't know if he's actually he didn't see him die nevertheless that witness can testify that this man died he can go and tell the wife listen you can remarry I, I didn't see your husband actually dead, but I saw him with his neck split open. Okay, so that's what Shemuel said. Now, if you think that such a person is considered alive, because that's what he said before, a person with uh, his neck uh, slit open is considered alive to the extent that he can go like this. He can't talk. Um, there's no, uh, no uh, uh, air is going to get uh, up to his mouth. But he can he can sign and say and uh, make a make a, a gesture and tell someone to write a get. So he is alive. A dead person can't do that. So there, Shemuel said he is alive. And here, um, Shemuel said that we can testify that he died. So how come you can testify that he is dead if he is alive? Amri hai Obvious answer. Now he's alive. But he is surely going to die soon. So right now, when he's alive, if he says, go write a get, and they quickly go and they write a get, right before he dies, it's a good get. He's still alive, and his mind might even be working. Um, but for sure he's going to There's no remedy for that. So as long as you wait, you know, an hour or two, you can go and tell the wife, he died, you can remarry. Wait a second. According to this, the person who killed him, right, a person who was chopping down with the axe and it slipped, uh, slipped out of his hands, he should go to Yid HaMiklat, right? Um, because he caused him to die. And for sure, he's, he's, for sure he's going to die from that. It's a mortal wound. However, we have a Braita that says, if someone unintentionally uh, slits the throat and the two pipes of someone, or most of the two pipes, they do not go into exile. Um, because even though it's a mortal wound, they don't die right away. And therefore, you say, it's not my fault. So uh, here we have a contradiction. Um, how do you resolve the contradiction? We already resolved this. Uh, the reason why the person does not go into exile is because we suspect that the wind caused his death to come closer. In other words, I caused accidentally slit his throat. And yeah, for sure he would have died anyway, but a wind comes, let's say, and knocks him over or makes his wounds worse. And so since the wind made him die faster, so we say the wind actually did the final death blow and I, not me, and therefore, even though accidentally I started his death, but I didn't finish it, and so therefore I don't have to go into exile. Or another answer, he caused his own death to come closer by convulsing. Out of pain, the guy's writhing on the floor, but by moving a lot, he caused his, he caused himself to die faster. This is really blaming the victim, right? We should go and tell him, listen, try not to move, right? Um, and uh, you'll live, you'll live, uh, you know, t uh, five minutes longer if you don't move. Okay. But anyway, even though he's, uh, uh, I don't think it's in his control. The point is that even though I caused something, I slid his throat, that stuff, he's definitely going to die. Um, but nevertheless, he didn't directly die from he, he, his final blow 
was not from well, my ex, but rather because he was moving too much, and there, therefore um, I don't go into exile. So it's true that he definitely will die, and that's why uh, the, the witness can say, yes, he's definitely dead. Nevertheless, even though it was a mortal blow and he will surely die, nevertheless the person that kills him uh, by accident does not have to go into to Irmiklat because there could be another factor afterwards that caused his immediate death. Now, by Benai, what will be a practical difference between these two? Answers, If, um, uh, if I slaughtered my friend accidentally with my axe um, in a house made out of marble, marble such that there's no wind at all that could go in or out, and he convulsed. So if you say the problem is wind, here there is no wind, so then I would be liable and I would have to go to Irmiklat. But if you say it's because of convulsing, he is he does convulse, and therefore I don't have to go to Irmiklat. Or the other way around, or if this uh, uh, incident happened outside where there is wind, and we see that he didn't move at all, um, so then according to the one who says um, it's because of the wind, I don't have to go to Irmiklat because there was wind, according to the one who says because of convulsing, here he didn't convulse, and therefore I would have to go to Irmiklat. All right, we'll start the next section of the Mishnah Nishtatek. If a person was was able to speak beforehand, he became mute. He had some kind of uh, speech impediment and unable to speak. But his mind is all there, right? And uh, he can hear and all that. So... Um, uh, so we, what we do is um, we uh, ask him and he can nod and shake his head and then we can give him a get if he says, do you want to, uh, uh, do you want to, um, uh, we say, do you, should we write a get for your wife? And he says, yes, then we write it. Good. Wait a second. Maybe he has a, a different problem that he always nods his head or always shakes his head. And therefore, anything you ask him, he says, yeah, you want to divorce your wife? Yes. You want ice cream? Yes. Right? Is, uh, uh, do you like chopped liver? Yes. Okay. Then he has, a, he has a problem. He's saying yes to everything. Or maybe he says no to everything. Right? He says, do you want to remain married to your wife? No. Right? Do you, right? Do you want to, um, do you want to uh, continue? you living together? No. So um, maybe he just maybe says yes to everything or no to everything. So therefore, how do we know that he really means it? Oh, we ask him questions. We switch off yes questions and no questions. Right. Ask him a yes and ask him a no question. And if he gets them all right, then we know that his mind is there. Hold on, maybe he has uh, some kind of uh, tick movement that he nods his head and shakes his head, nods and shakes his head, and that's uh, normal, and we happen to be timing the questions with his involuntary head movements. So the answer to that is, No, we don't uh, go yes, no, yes, no. Instead, we ask him a question with one no and two yeses, and then two no's and one yes. And so that way, nobody has uh, an involuntary tick that follows a pattern of one, then two, then two, then one. And so therefore, um, we know that he is, uh, his mind is all there. He can't speak, but we can tell from his head gestures that he is really thinking, and he says, you want to give a, should we write a get? And he says yes, and we know that he means it. Bishmael says, don't just say, you know, yes or no questions, um, like say yes, say no, but rather ask him contextual questions that shows that he has to have awareness 
of his environment. So you should ask him about matters of the summer, in the winter, and about the winter in the summer to see if he really knows what's going on. So what would be an example? If it means they should ask him about a coat or a thin sheet, in other words, uh, you ask him in the summertime, do you want a thick coat? And if he says yes, then we say, okay, it must be insane. Or we ask him in the winter time, do you want just the thin, thin linen sheets? And he says yes, so we know he's crazy, right? Because it's cold. So, but that would not be a good proof because sometimes people have chills, even in the, in, in the summer. And they say, I need a coat. I just feel chilly, even though it's the summertime. Or sometimes people uh, feel very hot even in the in the in the winter time and he says uh, yeah i want uh, only a thin sheet uh, because i just i feel overheated even though it's winter so it doesn't mean the person's crazy uh, just because they want a coat in the summer it could be that someone would want that Rather, must talk about produce. You ask him about something that's not in season. Um, uh, in, uh, in the middle of winter, you ask him if they want watermelon. And he says, yes. So you know he's insane. This wouldn't work nowadays because we have all, all fruits all year round. But back then, right, you have to see, does he have uh, some awareness of what's going on, what season he's in, right? He doesn't have to know, um, you know, the exact uh, uh, time. Uh, but if he, uh, if he knows that this is the season for apples and he says, yes or he says no then um, that's a way to test whether he is sane or uh, or not and if he says the right answers then you can give a get based on his response Baruch Adonai Amen